Have you heard that writing a book is one of the best things that you can do for your business or your brand? I'm a witness. It is very powerful. But you know what? There's a difference between writing a book and selling a book. And today's guest is going to tell you how to do just that. Next up on Seven Figure Sister. Welcome to the Seven Figure Sister podcast. If you're a coach or consultant who is ready to learn how to strategically leverage the power of smart, savvy, and proven strategies to market your business, elevate your brand, attract and close high-ticket clients, then let me tell you, you are in absolutely the right place. I'm your host, Dr. Avis, award-winning author, media commentator, mentor to ambitious entrepreneurs, and multi-seven-figure CEO. I grew my business from zero to six figures in less than nine months and went on from there to hit the seven-figure mark by strategically leveraging the power of both offline and online media marketing strategies and mastering the art of high-ticket sales. And guess what? So can you. Welcome to the Sisterhood. Okay, so welcome to today's episode of Seven Figure Sister. I am so excited to have with me today yet another Seven Figure Sister for you to learn from. This is the incredible Jasmine Womack. And let me just say, she is not just a Seven Figure Sister. Her story is amazing. I'm going to let you tell it because like my mom, she was a teacher. Right, Jasmine? You're a teacher. Yes, yes, I was a teacher. Still and, am. <laughs> and you still are. You're right. Just a, a much more highly paid teacher. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, my mom was a teacher for over 40 years. I think they're the, some of the most hardest working people in the world. And you have changed your expertise of teaching in the traditional educational platform to teaching on your own platform. And you have built that business to millions by helping other people understand how to write, publish, and sell books at very high levels. So welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here, excited to dive into our conversation too. Me too. So if you could just unpack a little bit more, because I know I just kind of touched on the edges, but <laughs> can you introduce yourself to the audience? Absolutely. My name is Jasmine Womack and my clients call me the six-figure storyteller. I work with leaders, emerging coaches who desire to bundle their brilliance into a best-selling book and then leverage their book to uh, create premium price coaching programs and curriculums. So absolutely love what I do. <laughs> oh, that is wonderful. Thanks for sharing that, Jasmine. Now, I have to say, I believe every entrepreneur, this Honestly, it needs to write a book. I just really believe that needs to be part of what you do in terms of your brand. And really right now, it's like, there's no reason why you shouldn't. I mean, the sort of growth of the self-publishing industry has made writing a book accessible to everyone. Do you agree that every entrepreneur needs to make sure they have that book written and then be about the business of not just having it done, but actually selling it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when you want to become known as an authority in on a topic, you absolutely need to write a book about it because it's just a different level of credibility to have your thoughts and your ideas, your experiences, you know, your results packaged and documented so that someone can read it as opposed to just talking about it, right? It's just a different level of credibility. And like you mentioned, self-publishing, especially in this day and age, 
you can get it done in less than 30 days. Like it's literally at your feet. And so when I speak to coaches and they're like, well, I don't need a book. I already have a coaching program. I'm like, you're just really limiting the amount of money that you could make. You're limiting your opportunities and don't even realize it. Oh my God. (laughs) It is so true. I mean, when I think about when I first published my book years ago now, I, that book still has legs. I mean, I, I, people mm-hmm. need to understand this is not just something that, okay, you're going to publish the book today. You're going to run with it for three months and then you're on to the next thing. Do you realize you can literally publish your book and leverage it for years? I mean, it is incredible. What a difference. For me, I know, for example, I was very strategic in that I published my book at a point in time in which I wanted to pivot to a different industry. So I specifically used the book as a marker to establish my expertise in diversity, equity, inclusion before I even started my diversity, equity, inclusion consultancy, okay, before I even became a diversity, equity, inclusion consultant. And so it really helped me sort of lean into that field with a greater level of authority, literally was able to not only sell the book, but as you mentioned, literally make hundreds of thousands of dollars based on the credibility of being an author in that space. That's how important it is, wouldn't you say? And that's what people don't realize and understand. And then, you know, especially those who are just beginning or are in the growth space, they feel like, or what I've heard from so many people, I need to build an audience before I write my book. And I know at least for me, writing the book helped me build the audience. Writing the book was the segue into the industry. And just as you just mentioned, where, you know, uh, you you wanted to go into the DEI space. So you wrote a book about it. And that is what opened doors. That's exactly what I'm doing. Like I've built up a seven-figure coaching and consulting program online, a business online through the work that I've done online and through my books that were mostly for the online space. But now that I want to go more into the corporate space into next year, next year, I'm like, I have to write a book about a certain topic so I can, you know, open the door into that space because I don't want to go in there talking about writing books. I want to talk about something else. So let me write a book about that. And I already have the trainings. I already have the other content. And now this is going to open up the door for me to go in there and just like nail it. So we're going to kill it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm excited. That's that's what people don't, they don't get it. And, and my thing is, especially for those of us in the online coaching and consulting space, you don't want to limit yourself to only doing business online. And you don't want to limit yourself to only getting clients from Instagram or only getting clients from LinkedIn or only having to rely on ads to do the groundwork for you. And that's where the book comes in and those that extended content and and just being able to get into some different rooms and doors with it. Oh my God, that is so true. I mean, just yesterday, for example, I I live and I just love where I live. Okay. All right. I love where I live, you guys. I get to look out my window and see water every day and Frankly, it's like, I feel like I'm living in a modern day version of Black Wall Street, all these Black businesses around me. And I just love the energy of the space. Well, I have to say just yesterday, I was walking down to the harbor. And as I'm walking past my neighbor's house, she stopped me and she's like, I have your book. I just realized I was looking at your book yesterday. I was like, that's my neighbor. And I was like, yes. She's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. She's like, yeah, I I took this leadership training of American University. I did not even know that they had used my book. I did not even know it was part of somebody's syllabi at American University. And she took a 
leadership training, got my book, has my book. And I was like, just come over anytime, I'll sign it. And listen, you guys, the, to me, books are like the closest thing that we come on this side of the plane to, you know, everlasting life. I mean, really, because your book is going to be here right. forever. There's like a reason why we still read Baldwin. There's a reason, you know, why we still read Shakespeare. You know, there's a reason when you write a book, that's the closest you're going to get to immortality. Period. I always say that it's the gift that keeps on giving. Like you create it one time and you can literally sell it for the rest of your life and it will remain even after you are gone. And if you look even back in history, when you look at how history is told, it's been through the books, it's been through the stories that have been left behind. Like we know about Egypt, we know about Africa, we know about all of the country, we know about everything because it was passed down through story, whether yeah. those stories were written on walls, whether they were written on tablets. And it's the one thing that travels from generation to generation. And especially for Black folks, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's so important for us to create the narrative. Oh and God. what I find is that a lot of Black authors that I tend to encounter, they want to write the personal stories or the stories about everything they came out of. What about writing the book about what it is you do every day? What about writing the book about what you've mastered, you know, what you help others do? You know, like, we shouldn't just see a certain complexion when it comes to the leadership books and mm -hmm. when it comes to the business books, because we are the ones that, that are opening the doors and making things happen. And we have to set the narrative. And in order to set the narrative, we need to write the books. Bam. That is so <laughs> true. And you're right. I mean, when you look at what's happening right now in this country, don't even get me started with being political, y'all, because that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but I will just say it is atrocious. It is, to me, infuriating to see all of the intention that's being placed mm -hmm. into specifically undermining, hiding, just completely ignoring our history and writing a whole new fake narrative. If I look at what's happening right now in Florida in terms of their curriculum with what, mm -hmm. folks, what the story that they're weaving around slavery, for example. And, you know, I think about the fact of all the, in essence, book bannings, you might as well call them book burnings that are going on around the country. That wouldn't happen if people didn't understand how powerful books are. Right. Books were some sort of, you know, innocuous thing. They wouldn't care. They wouldn't care. They so wouldn't care. For someone like me, that makes me want to write more. <laughs> right. And I mean, I always say, like, you got to think about it. Black folks in this country, it was against the law for us to read and write. That's right. And so what's so powerful? And I used to say this to my students when I was in the classroom. Like, think about it. What's so powerful about a book where someone would be literally willing to take your entire life for either having the skill to read it or write it. Mm -hmm. And that hasn't gone away. Exactly. <laughs> that hasn't gone away. It's, it's, I would say it's just as important, if not more important now than it has ever been. And so like, we just, we, we have to step it up. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got to get the job done. We do. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I want to unpack your story though, because yes. You are a young sister. You are obviously brilliant, beautiful, all of those things. You were a teacher in the classroom. I have the utmost respect for teachers. My mom used to be a teacher for about 40 years, and I know how hard she works, and what a hard job that is. And we also know that teachers are severely underpaid, right? 
Um, and here you are, you've been able to apply your understanding of teaching, your understanding of curricula development. You've been able to do that and apply it to your own expertise around birthing and selling books and build this seven-figure business. Now, what I'm curious about, what made you take that scary leap? Because I'm sure maybe at some point along the way, it may have been a little scary, number one. And then number two, what do you think was your biggest secret sauce to hitting that seven-figure ceiling? Ooh, okay. So it was a couple things. My husband at the time was working for the railroad. And so he was gone a lot, right? And so we also, we had a blended family and we had two small children. And so at the time I had just finished my master's, I was in college again, <laughs> pursuing my specialist degree in educational leadership because the goal was for me to get out of the classroom and to become either start with becoming an academic coach and then move into becoming an assistant principal. So mm -hmm. that was the plan. That was the goal. I was trying to get out the classroom, had I already put my time in. I'm like, okay, I've given back. Now it's time to like make some other additional moves. Mm -hmm. But I had always wanted to write a book and I had procrastinated on it literally for about 10 years until I was on bed rest and literally with a shift of my mindset, got it done in two weeks. And so after that book was done, I'm very faith driven. And I would like to say that it was God, like really in my gut, pushing me to do more with it. Mm. And so during the routine of going to work, coming home, bedtime, bath time, story time, go to sleep to do it all over again. And I was exhausted. I was like, something has to give. And every time one of my children got sick, they were in daycare or whatever, Every time they got sick, had an ear infection, I had two children. So I was the one that had to take off work and things of that nature because my husband was traveling. And it just became a real issue where <laughs> I was being called all the time. I left work at the school, but I was still being called even on my time off. I was asked like, well, you just can't take them to daycare sick. Like I can't take them to daycare with a fever and things like this, you oh. know, and I'm like, I just wanted the opportunity to be a mom, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, I had already earned my master's degree. I had gotten my specialist. And I'm like, my skills are developing. My skills are expanding. You guys are calling on me to lead these teams and to do this and to do that. But my pay is still the same. Mm -hmm. And that was just a real issue for me. And if I wanted anything additional, I had to take on all these additional tasks, which required me to stay after work. I had to go leave work, go get the kids, come all the way back to where, you know, to that side of town, sit in meetings. It was just too much. And I was like, something has to change and I'm going to have to be the one to change it. And so it was that on top of, you know, by the time my book started coming out, I started getting momentum or whatnot. My first year, I had an evaluating supervisor she was a Delta. She was really, really cool. And so she would always encourage me, you know, go and do your stuff, you know, go after your goals. This job is going to be here. But she left. She retired after I had moved to a new school and she retired after my first year there. And the person that they promoted <laughs> from within, um, 
I don't know if she felt like she had something to prove or if she felt if they were spying on me or something and felt like my out of school activities were taken away from the work that I did there in the school. But I decided to put my all into my business. I stepped down as department chair. They tried to give me another leadership position. I declined that one because I just knew I didn't have the capacity. And that's when it started. (laughs) And so it was just harassment. It was a lot of different things. And I was like, it got to the point I had developed extreme anxiety. I was like, I will not work under you again next year. Mm -hmm. And I let them know I wasn't returning. They pulled a move that I just didn't like. (laughs) And I let them know I was, I was going to finish the year out and wasn't returning. And I hit six figures in my business. And that was that before I left. And that was it. <laughs> That's really what it was. Like, I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, you know, and it was like at the end of the school year, field day. And, you know, she was like, well, you don't have any more sick time left. I'm like, well, personal time left. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to my child's field day. I'm going to volunteer. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to dock your pay. I was like, okay, that's fine. She was like, you don't care? I said, no, that's fine. Do whatever you got to do. Already. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. So it wasn't even that I didn't like, like my initial goal was to teach for another year and to really stack my money up, right? And really make the transition comfortably. But I just wasn't going to put myself through that. And so I wasn't going to put myself through that. It was a very scary transition. But we did it and now we're at seven figures. And I'm like, well, that was nothing but God in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It kind of reminds me a little bit of my story in that, you know, ideally you do want to plan these things out. Ideally yeah. you do want to have, you know, a significant nest egg to make me smooth your transition into entrepreneurship. But when people right. either work your nerves to the point, give you a very stress-filled environment, a toxic environment, or if they put you into a situation where for any other reason you feel like you have to go, sometimes when your back is against the wall like that, it provides the best results because at the end of the day, you have no room for failure. Failure is not an option. So you hit the ground and you know, I'm going to do what I need to do to make it succeed. And look at you now. Absolutely. I was just like, going back isn't an option. And every time I got frustrated, every time I felt like my back was against the wall, every time I felt like I didn't know what to do, every time I entered one of those moments where I began to overthink and get into that space of stuck, I'm like, Jazz, you got to make a move because going back is not an option. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so people are always like, well, what motivated you to do? I'm like, I couldn't go back. Hello. There wasn't an option. And so I had to make it work. Yep. And that was just it. I agree. I mean, my story (laughs) is very similar. And here's the thing. Sometimes having that safety net, per se, allows you so much safety that you don't make the aggressive moves that you need to make in order for your business to grow. The comfort can be deceiving, and that keeps you small. Being bold enough to go out there and say, deuces, I'm going to go to my child's day, and I ain't coming back here. That took guts, right? <laughs> that took guts. And you went out there and you delivered. Now, I know our time is running short. So if you wanted to give any advice to any sisters out there who are either maybe at that point where they're thinking of growing a business or they are thinking about writing their first book or maybe it's or their second or next book, 
you know, what would you say is the most important thing they need to do to make sure that whatever that endeavor is, that it ends in success? Definitely think about your goals, your one to three year goals, and make sure that everything that you're doing now is in alignment with that. So like the book that you're writing now does not need to be focused on where you are right now. It needs to be focused on the things that you want to accomplish within the next year to three mm-hmm. years. Speaking, meaning that if you know that you want to speak, if you want to, you know, speak or train for certain organizations, then your book needs to be in alignment with those topics that you want to speak and train about. Mm-hmm. Like you need to be able to build off of what you're b- doing. If you go write a book about your personal story, you're not going to be able to go sell that and get bulk book orders or put use that book to position you for, you know, additional professional opportunities because you've written in essence, a memoir. (laughs) So everything that you do needs to be aligned. So that way you can have a full offer suite from the book to the coaching offers to any type of self-study courses on over to your consulting and done for you work. And that way, you know, you set yourself up to generate six and seven figures, you know, really on autopilot. I love it. And what I'm hearing like (laughs) multiple paths, multiple streams of revenue. Hello. Absolutely. (laughs) So if people want to know how they can get in touch with you in order to be able to write and sell their book, what should they do? Come check me out, um, jasminewomack.com. That's my website. I have all my information there. And I'm very active on Instagram and LinkedIn. Most days I'm going live. So come check me out on both platforms at the Jasmine Womack. Awesome. Well, the Jasmine Womack, it has been a pleasure <laughs> having you here on Seven Figure Sister. And I am so super proud of you. I mean, I just, I always get so much energy from sisters who are out here doing the darn thing and especially ones that have the guts that you do. So thanks for joining us today on Seven Figure Sister. Thank you, Dr. Avis. You are most welcome. Wow. Wasn't she absolutely incredible? Are you ready to write your book? Hello. Now's the time to do it. Go check out Jasmine. She's going to get you all hooked up right and tight, getting that book done and getting it monetized. All right. And if you are ready to make sure that that's something that you're going to do, listen, let a sister know about it. Tag me on Instagram at Dr. Avis Mentoring. Let me know what you're going to write your book about. I'd be interested to know and be ready to go out there and get it done. With that said, we'll see you next time on Seven Figure Sister. Thank you for listening to the Seven Figure Sister podcast. I hope you're leaving with a boatload of brand new nuggets that you're excited about implementing in your business right now. Why? Because nothing happens until you take action. Now, I'd love to hear your biggest takeaway from today's episode. So be sure to post the show on your Instagram stories and tag me at Dr. Avis Mentoring. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a review so others can get a sense of what it's like to join this game-changing sisterhood. Finally, if you'd like to learn more about working with me or want the resources from today's episode, visit us at dravismentoring.com. I'll catch you next time on the Seven Figure Sister podcast.